0: The Ensemble Podcast is intended for professional financial advisors. This content is created in partnership with our sponsor, Mason Stevens Limited, ABN 91141 AFSL 351578, and is limited to publicly available information. Before acting on any general advice, you should consider whether appropriate and obtain financial advice from a qualified financial advisor. Ensemble does not hold an AFS license and does not provide any financial advice or services or endorse any general advice. If a PDS or IM exists, you should obtain a copy and review it thoroughly before making a decision. The opinions expressed within the podcast are solely the individuals and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Mason Stevens.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Brendan Bade, Senior Financial Advisor at Lorica Partners. Thank you for joining me on this deep dive into all things investment committees. We'll be talking about how to start one, how to make the most of this part of an advice business, and some of the best practices uh, that go into making these work really well. It'll be a four-part series where we hear from some of the leading minds about how to make investment committees work. Thanks for joining me.
0: This series is brought to you by Mason Stevens, a specialist wealth platform provider that focuses on managed account solutions. Recognized by investment trends in 2023 as the most improved platform and by advisor ratings in 2022, for best advisor support, Mason Stevens offers outsourced CIO services that complement their platform and managed account solutions. Established in 2010, Mason Stevens is led by some of Australia's most experienced finance and investment professionals.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to episode three of this podcast where we're exploring all things investment committees. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Greg Barter, who is a principal advisor at Allied Wealth and the chair of his
2: investment committee. So, welcome, Greg. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be here.
1: Thanks for for joining us. It's uh, going to be a good chat. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, As am I. (laughs) Very good. So, I think it'd be great just to start at the top, Greg, if you could, and just uh, give us a little introduction um, about uh, yourself, how you came to be where you are today.
2: Okay, um, thank you. Uh, so, Allied Wealth is a is a, a new business. It's been around for three years, um, and principally, um, I joined about a bit over a year ago, um, along with another colleague. So, a, a relatively small practice. Um, but very early on, we we decided that one of our, our positions was going to be to um, that of independence. Um, and then we thought about how we want to run our investment piece. Um, and it it naturally occurred to us that we had to have our own IC to, to be in keeping with that that view. Yeah. Um, I was asked to establish the IC. Um uh, because of my history in in other organisations, having been a member of an IC for a pretty large organisation, and so we went through the process of establishing the IC uh, a bit over a year ago, as well as setting up all the the proceeds uh, processes, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, and the objectives of the IC at the time, um, which seemed seemed to be a pretty simple. Thing to do, but when you actually start to think about it in detail, it's it, <laughs> it's one of those Pandora's boxes where you you, you think it's um, reasonably simple, having been a member of an IC before, but you it, it's it, what the the unseen part is uh, the the part of the iceberg underneath the underneath the water, as they say, where there's a whole bunch of stuff behind uh, what is, goes into an IC.
1: So, just for example, how long did that? How long did you expect it might take and uh, how long did it actually take in practice?
2: Well, we're still going through um, elements. So we've got the the rudimentaries, like everyone in the room, talking to one another and, Excellent. and, and making noises <laughs> like they're a working IC quite quickly. Very good. Um, but that's one of the points which we might talk about afterwards, which is what we did wrong. Um, but then uh, the the charter was reasonably quick, um, but then we kept pushing forward and, and as many of the listeners – Maybe in small businesses, you say, okay, we'll do that later, and you don't actually get around to it. Um, yeah. One which, which is still pending is our conflicts of interest policy, mm-hmm. um, which is important for us being independent. Um, but we've sort of, I, I think we agreed in the first meeting that this is what we're going to do, but it hasn't actually been formalized yet. So it's one of those cases where you rush to get the people in the room with the expertise and with the, the good intentions. Um, but then getting the, the detail to make sure it has the due process behind it, it takes a bit longer.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, for example, I, I imagine you're very comfortable, you know, buying uh, a guest IC uh, member a coffee uh, to come in and give their <laughs> input, but you probably don't want a fundy, uh, you know, buying you guys, you know, a Ferrari or something like that.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Um, somewhere
1: in the middle is probably
2: correct. Okay. And we I mean, <laughs> recently we, we um, asked an independent person to come in and do an audit of our, our process recently and they put out a whole bunch of things which are really embarrassing for us but kind of we knew but we were sort of about to get to. So, yeah, so it's it's the process of establishment needs to be deliberate mm. um, uh, but the actual function of the IC with the 90% of the good stuff that they do, you can get happening relatively quickly as long as you've got um, everyone with the uh, similar interests um Working towards what you want to do.
1: Okay, okay. So let's, uh, so to put some, put a uh, finer point on it, you, you, you all get around, you agree that this is what we want to do as a practice. Everyone's in alignment. Great. Uh, you want to get up to that sort of 90% of the good stuff. What are we talking? Three months, six months? A uh, year? For us, it
2: was, yeah, for us, it was relatively quick. Um, and that would, the benefit in, in our state, well, it's who do you want to be on your IC, right? And what's the mm-hmm. composition of the IC? So our decision was each of the principal uh, which of the owners of the business would be in the IC, but we needed a sufficient um, independent um, input to make sure that mm-hmm. the it was reasonably rounded out. Um, because some of us have been around, like I and me, have been around long enough to know better. We sort of knew people in the industry who we wanted to um, approach. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, the, the two principal people who we approached were eager to, to join us. But I can imagine if you're a new business and you're wondering who you should approach, that would be a big deal. Yeah. Actually choosing that the, the the people who have the same alignment as you. Um, thankfully we already had that. So that's that shortcut of that process quite quickly. Yeah, so sure. I think we were between sending an email out to having our first IC it might have been a month. Yeah, okay. Right. With no <clears throat> with no sort of um, detail behind the IC other than everyone, let's get together and work out how we're gonna do it. Um, but as I said before, the thing we shortcutted was the external members who we were inviting, we, we had known for, in some cases, 15, 20 years. So yeah. it was easy to fit them in. Um, yeah, if, that makes you were, sense. if you're thinking about it from a different point of view where you're trying to work out who you'd like to um, invite, that that would be a lot different and you'd need to go through a process where you, in, a, in a essence, the the, the – the IC in in its formation would would need to go through, any, uh, I guess, an, an inquiry process to make sure the person who they were inviting in was going to be the right fit.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you, you basically had the team more or less out of the box. Yes. Um, you knew who you wanted to have involved. Yes. That shortcuts the process massively. Yes. Anyone else who's sort of needs to then go and form their own team, um, that's its own sort of process that people are going to need to go through and I guess that's as long as a piece of string in some ways.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here, um, probably labouring it too much, is the selection of the external parties. They they have to be in sync with the rest of the business, but they have to have enough authority to question if the business if they're going down the wrong line. If if, you, if that makes sense, yeah. But the whole benefit of having um, independent members on the IC is they stop same think within the organisation because you can you can. You can corral yourself down an avenue where if you're thinking the same as your business partners, you need that external reality check to make sure that you're not going down the wrong line. Yeah. So that's I would encourage people who are thinking about setting up an IC to really make sure you you choose people, not who are your mates, which is what we did, but in addition to that, people who you know will question what you're doing um, in order to make – to make that IC work effectively, which needs to be – there needs to be some sort of tension in so, in so much that each member has an equal say mm. um, and each member's um, point of view needs to be heard, um, but ultimately the the IC needs to come to an agreement as well so you don't <laughs> want to have out-and-out out, um, conflict every time. Mm. Uh, but you need to have enough, just enough tension and just enough um, capacity for every member to have their piece and have their say um, that it's a constructive environment rather than just a, a rubber stamp.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, so I think what are, what I hear you saying is you you really need to make sure that all, the team that you've got is going to keep everybody sharp enough to to be effective, um, but not <laughs> not in all-out conflict, so that no decisions get made. Uh, you know, you can't actually decide on any changes that need to be done to a portfolio to a manager all that sort of stuff needs to have a degree of flow so that yeah. something actually happens but at the same time if you you can't have it just go too much with the flow otherwise there's no benefit Correct. And you, you don't find that there's actually anything that you wouldn't otherwise just be able to do from the desk by yourself Correct, and uh, you know, run so it if, all on your own So If stamp. you
2: surround people with, well, you take it to extremes to prove the point, right? You go to one extreme and go, everyone agrees with you. Well, then why have an IC? it's it, it, Yeah, sure, it's a rubber stamp, and sure that gives uh, it provides some, it some validity to what you're doing. But if everyone's just agreeing, mm-hmm. then um, that's there's there's no value add there. You get the other extreme. If everyone's disagreeing with each other, and 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 fundamentally, um, you know, it's it, you can't a- arrive at respectfully arrive at agreement, even if you disagree, then you're not getting anywhere either. So Mm. you need to have that. That's what I was saying about the tension. You need that. If you think about those extremes where Mm. ultimately everyone wants to agree, but ultimately no one's going to agree unless they really believe it. So somewhere in between, there's got to be a position where there's constructive disagreement. If that's that's terminology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so just sort of diving into that, can you give us an example Or Are there any examples that come to mind of of a topic that you've raised or that's been raised in the IC that you've had to deal with um, that sort of fits this camp where, you know, maybe it's something that you personally would not have seen uh, happen as far as a decision of the committee goes, but, you know, you've decided that that's uh, something that,
2: you know, we're all going to do. Yeah, well, that's a question without notice. (laughs) So give me a moment to think about that. But I guess ultimately um, I'm just – I'm throwing my mind back to um, some of the more recent ICs where um, the way that the flow we go with with, with the externals, we've chosen – given each of them um, subject matter expertise that they provide information to. So we've got two externals in our IC. One is the top-down. One – the way I think about it, the top-down, the one is the the Mm bottom-up. And so – so the uh, at the outset we have the top down um, view, and um, uh, Eddie the, the external who was is providing that view was giving the view, and halfway through it the um, the gentleman Hugh who provides a bottom up uh, point of view sort of jumped in and said I fundamentally disagree with that. And then the went, <laughs> All right, this is going to be fun. So yeah. Okay, how are we going to go <laughs> with that? Um, well, ultimately it was. They agreed to disagree, but it was also what it did do is um, provide an avenue for which Eddie could then um, go into more detail. It was a contentious Mm -hmm. issue. He went into more detail about what his point of view was, um, and then ultimately Hugh was saying, oh, okay, maybe I misunderstood the the premise. Right. Um, And so I, I guess it teased out more than just the just the superficial point of view
1: sure and is this or do you find that most of this is around asset allocation or is this manager selection or all of the above uh
2: the manager selection um we're generally in a grants um so that doesn't so far hasn't provided a lot of a lot of tension the asset allocation largely we've been in a grant so far so um, while I was, I sounded high-handed about having that creative tension between us. We, I don't think we've we've really come to a point where there's people sitting on each side of the room, like disagreeing and and <laughs> pulling the pulling the knives out to, to um and, and standing their ground. Uh, so I would have I'd expect it more about the um the feed the the view the economic feed which then informs the asset allocation which then informs the manager selection. That's where we where we encourage the, the differing opinions, mm-hmm. um, and so that's so far where we have found the, um, the the different points of view will come about. By the time we re-rationalise those different point of views, so we agree to sort of common um, way forward. By the time it, when that then feeds into the asset allocation manager selection that's already given, um, uh, because I guess it's uh, from the because we choose a we have a, a tactical asset allocation approach. So, obviously, if we we're agreeing on the, the the bigger picture, then the the actual tactical changes are going to be um, it's, it's relatively easy to be aligned with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and tell me uh, from from a client perspective, or or for the advisors perhaps uh, who aren't on the on the IC, um, how do you find how do you find having an IC helps. The rest of the business. So let's just say, you know, from what you've told me, you you manage to strike a balance. You've got a you've got a good team. You're happy with how those discussions go. Um, there's a bit of argy bargy, not too much, not you know, not, um, but that's that that finds a rhythm, right? Okay. So just fast forwarding into say maybe the ordinary flow of the IC is being a nested part of your business. Yeah. I'm curious to know, you know, how does how do you find that? component interfaces with the other advisors who aren't on there um, how did do, yeah. what does that look like and how does that work and
2: well from uh, starting from a client's point of view uh, so a lot of my clients came from a, a larger institution mm-hmm. and so um, and they uh, we struck a deal with them and they and a lot of clients came across so we did an analysis about um, early on what do the clients actually want? Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to replicate a process where they, they the look and feel is, is, is the benefits they retain, but then the, the, then they also gain the benefits of a of a more hang boutique, the, smaller business, right?
1: Hang on, that's a million dollar question. What did they want? <laughs>
2: uh, well, it, we might have got it wrong, but they wanted um, reasonable fees. That's that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought they wanted independence, um, and so, but not everybody does. That that was a that was one of our our key deliverables. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other part is they wanted um, due process when it came to investments. So right. that meant that they didn't want to come across a guy who was trying to catch the falling knife, which is the old analogy of being able to pick the best stock for a month. They wanted to have they wanted to have the due process that they saw in what an investment committee could provide. Yeah. Um, so
1: the security of a, of a larger outfit, with all the research and team that surrounds, make sure correct big so mistakes they, don't happen. Yeah, they
2: didn't want one bloke just picking stocks. Yeah, um, yeah who sure. might be brilliant or might be useless. Right. So, and so the the off is, you, you could have that brilliant guy who can pick all the stocks by himself. Yeah, but reality is there's, there's very few of those. Yeah, if any. So, um, that what as as most of the research people would do, would, clients are more worried about losing money than gaining money. So it's they want to make sure that the the investment process is is thorough, reasonably conservative, and has a logical process. Right. So yeah. the investment committee provides that. Um, it's kind of like a reference to a higher power in the sense of um, you're talking to a client. Um, we believe blah blah blah. So um, if you're if you're using statements like that. It instantly gives the client the feeling that there's been a process behind what we believe, as opposed to yeah, I sure. believe interest rates are going to go up um, next week or not. Uh, so um, it, they it, it's the feeling that clients the security that clients get right, and um, while a small business can't pro- provide that security, but if you provide if you also explain to clients that the whole custodial process where it doesn't matter how big the business is, it's all about. Um, the, the decisions that they're making. So we wanted to bring the um, the comfort of due process to the to the investment process. And in the case of where my clients were coming from, we wanted to make it replicate similar to what they were already used to. So yeah, a tactical sure. asset allocation um, sure. within a strategic um, asset allocation. Um, but, but for us – we also wanted to control that process, yeah. Sure. So um, again, so that the choice for us to insource versus outsource um, the investment committee piece, um, we felt more um, uh, control and 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 more ownership of the process. And so, therefore, when we're explaining to the clients, it, it seems more genuine, right? So we we were sitting in the we were sitting in the committee making these decisions. And so, therefore, right or wrong, we're going to stick by them. But also, we can quite readily give clients the rationale behind it. So, clients will forgive you if you're wrong for the right reason, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Of um, and so, uh, when you think about investment, and maybe the listeners might want to think about themselves. You're an advisor, you're sitting in an in organization, um, and you're trying to explain the, the investment piece to a client if you have ownership of that investment piece with via the investment committee which you will um, have influence over it's much more compelling to the clients than if it was we read this um uh, the AFR yeah yeah well, well, like, like we get a memo from the some external investment committee oh, I see. and that explains yes. what we're doing and then okay. I'm then I'm explain I'm supposed to explain it to the clients and I don't like I stay within my lanes, and I'm doing so. So, yeah, you clients want to feel like there's yeah. due process behind it, but the advisor is intimately involved with it. I guess that's our view.
1: Yeah, you want um, the nexus, right? You you don't want this to be something that's been picked up off the shelf. That yeah, that so that is too removed from the client and the advisors in the business. Correct.
2: So yeah. that I guess you you're managing, and this is it's an informed audience. We're, we're we're managing the fact that you need to have model portfolio In our view, we need to have model portfolios to, in order to manage the client base effectively. Yep. But you, you, you need to make the client feel that their portfolio is the only one, right? So that while they're, you're choosing a model portfolio for them, which is informed by the investment committee, um, you, you, the client wants to know that that model portfolio has been tailored to their personal needs mm. and that if something came up from their, their side – that you're not going to just say you still get this same model portfolio, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, sure. you got a company director of an ASX-listed company. He's got a whole stack of, um, you know, whatever, um, shares as part of that. You know, yeah. you, you want to be able to tailor the Aussie equity component to, you know, not double up too much or, or whatever. right?
2: Correct. So the client wants to feel that they have due process behind their their portfolio and that, you know, there's, there's people more than one person thinking about it, but they also want – to feel like that portfolio is built just for them, mm. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, I guess to, to sort of tie a bow around that, uh, it's your sense that the IC is really uh, a, a confidence piece in some ways to the, to the rest of the business that supports the conversations with clients, that gives clients um, the assurance that this isn't just one person, <laughs> correct? You know, forming their own opinions and 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 running off. That it's it's something that's has got the ability to catch really bad calls um, yeah. and and big mistakes and make sure that sure it might not be uh, you know you might not be timing markets um, like a magician, yeah. But it is. It's still something that's going to help serve them well long term.
2: Yeah, that's right. And and that that sort of. Touching on the the importance of the the independent members of the investment committee cannot be part of the business. They've got to have they've got to be brought in to um, uh, provide uh, cross pollination as much as possible because you don't want the business to be insular. You need to um, you need to be able to include and in the clients want to feel that you're getting um, a broader view of the of the markets as opposed to just one business's point of view mm. um, so we as I said our investment committee has been running for for a year now um, we've 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 got to think about how we make sure we don't become too uh, same think I guess if that's not a word but, but you probably get the think? principle of what I'm talking <laughs> about. Think? Same thing. Yeah, group yeah, thing, That's yeah. where I'm that's where I'm going with. So you 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 need to make sure you're still a, you're always evolving and you're always I'm coming back to that um creative tension in the in the investment committee where you you want to make sure that there's new points of view and um and differing points of view than the the existing members in there. So we've got to think about how we do that and that might be just inviting say non-voting external members to come on board mm. to give their point of view and then that create that gives us more material to fight over uh, but that's that's something which we're now looking forward to as having it being an investment committee which has been around for a, for a year how do we keep the the ideas fresh and and that not being closed-minded about how we're thinking about things
1: yeah sure sure um, and so just to Give us a bit of color now that you're a year in. Um, how much time and effort do you think this sort of requires to to run well? You know, how often do you guys meet? What sort of what sort of preparation goes into uh, presumably the minutes and or agenda of the of the of the committee meeting? Um, how much sort of follow-up work is there after? How much can you push that to the uh, outsourced guys so you can get back to everything else you need to do? Yeah, Yeah. time and effort. How does that?
2: Yeah, so how the, does that look? as you well know, advisors' time is always is is going to be stretched, but it, it, the commitment is is reasonable. Yeah. Um, I'm talking from a reasonably small business mm, from yeah. that point of view. So I, as the as the chair of the committee, I prepare the um, the agenda beforehand. I and I. Um, make sure everyone knows what they need to produce for for the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, produce. Make sure I do the follow up afterwards and, and produce the minutes and the rest of it. That time commitment isn't huge. So the we meet on a quarterly basis. Um, okay. So ahead of the ahead of the quarterly meeting, um, it might be a day for me to get all the coordination stuff together, and I might have a day afterwards. Um, the externals bring. Um, one guy, Eddie, did the top-down stuff. He does a it, it, there's, there's a commitment on, on his side, mm-hmm.
1: um,
2: and he'll bring uh, basically the, the tactical asset allocation view. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also was the the brains behind the the composition of the model portfolios. Uh, then you've got Hugh, the other side. He's a fund manager, direct equities guy. And for him, the commitment isn't huge because he's doing it already. So all he's doing is right. the knowledge he already has is, is fashioning for our committee. Right. Um, we want the clients to be pretty close to the committee outcomes and, and have it timely as well. So one of the, the key deliverables after the quarterly meeting is we'll send a newsletter out to clients with you know with the – uh, I guess without not too much technical detail, but at least a, a feeling for what the committee's um, points of view are and what changes they can expect.
1: All oh, right, so that goes to the whole client
2: base. Yeah, the client base yeah, will right. get that. We try and our our, um, our delivery standard is like within within three weeks of the committee sitting. Okay. So that and the way that we synchronise things is we try and get most of our client meetings following the committee. So you, you're talking; they've got the. They've got the um, the newsletter already, and so we're talking about what the committee view is. So we, that's how we mm-hmm. drag the committee, um, I guess, credibility into the meetings. And when we're talking about the investment piece, right? Okay. So they've read the well, you know, as clients, <laughs> as clients want yeah, to do, yeah. they can read it. So the one in ten will probably read it, but the other, the other um, nine will probably have a like a cursory glance, and, and but yeah. then you're reminding them again. So I guess it's it's that reinforcement. And so that's why the how the committee is central to that client engagement point of view. Yeah. Um, So that 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 goes out. uh, That's the newsletter, and then we have the client meetings, and so you can see the cycle goes on and on. Sure. I don't. My point of view, it's not too onerous, um, uh, but I think it would become. We have the advantage of being a relatively small business. There's only three principal advisors, so Mm -hmm. the agility that comes with that, we take advantage of. The larger the organization, the, the slower the, the the wheels may turn.
1: Mm. Um, but, but you've still got reporting and everything, right? Like, you know, you're going to have a look at what those model portfolios have done correct. quarter to quarter, right? Yeah. So, so, someone's that, got to pull that together. Yeah. So, a,
2: that, that's Eddie. Benchmark. Um, so, there, I, I, would, I, I haven't asked him personally, but I've seen some emails come through at, at late night because he's got a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I, I'm going to uh, guess that his commitment before the committee is probably two days. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Um, doing the, doing the, uh, I guess the review and benchmarking of the how the models are going, but because his 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 normal job is complementary to what he's doing, so again, kind of like you, all he's doing is translating what he's doing day to day into and and repurposing for for what we need for the committee. So, I guess we were lucky when we went back to the when we got the people together. We we. We maybe we landed on our feet by by choosing the right people, um, uh, not by accident by accident by design. I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. So the ultimately the the question is was how much time is involved? Mm-hmm. And my point of view is it's it's modest compared to the benefits you get yeah, okay. um, coming out at the other side of the committee of of you having ownership of the process as an advisor, but the the also the client feeling that they've got. A a portfolio which is is designed just for them, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know whatever you can get off the shelf from any sort of industry fund. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's excellent.
1: No, thanks for thanks for sharing that, Greg. I'm curious to know as well um, from a an, from an investment perspective, and this is going to be very very hard to try and put your finger on. But do you have a sense that? uh you know if you if you were to sort of stare down into your own <laughs> into your own heart and soul as much as you can do you think that the investment portfolios are doing better as a result of having an IC as opposed to what you might do internally in a business and is there any examples that you could maybe draw upon to to give us a flavor of why you think that's the case, you know, without, you know, saying, oh yeah, I really thought that, <laughs> I really thought you know 20 was gonna, you know, go down yeah, double no, what, it, a, what it did or?
2: That is actually a really good question. Are the clients getting, what do the clients want? That's, mm. you're breaking it down into two things. And mm. if it's better returns, is having your own IC gonna produce, if it was just better returns, is the IC gonna produce that compared to anything else off the shelf? The answer for that bit is probably not. We feel like we're doing better, um, and we feel like we have control, which was, I guess, one of the integral parts of of us wanting independence. Mm. Um, and but comparatively to the returns of other options, there's probably there's plenty of people out there can provide you with returns. I think the um, the unseen benefit is what I was sort of alluding to said outright before is the control and the the ownership and the clients getting that transferred ownership to them so you can you, you can go to uh, Australian super and get their balance fund you get a good outcome right and the, the returns are pretty good but how how closely you feel alignment with that portfolio because it's off the shelf right sure so the clients are coming for so um, one of the other fundamentals we thought clients wanted was that boutique feel right so when we were, we were saying what are we what are the principles one was independence um boutique experience and then having a due process in the investment committee so that for that boutique experience that investment committee is required if if you think yeah, that's sure. in, if that's one of the building blocks of your business which it is for ours yeah. you need it right so we we could be wrong but we've got enough clients who think that's right so that's all we want right <laughs> so do you get a better outcome by having investment committee? D- it depends. Is it quantitative or is it qualitative? Yeah. The okay. quantitative part is, if be. I'm being really honest, and I stand like a hundred paces back and put my ego in a box, you are getting the same thing. You could probably get the same thing from Australian Super Balance Fund, right? So, but the qualitative part is where it's where it's where it, where the rubber hits the road, um, where we're controlling the process. Um, and and as a byproduct of that, the client feel that feeds into the boutique feel of the organization. Yeah, sure. And and you
1: get the opportunity, presumably, to add that level of customization that goes on Correct. top where required, right? You know, Correct.
2: You- I mean, I, I guess that this is a simple example. Um, we've reintroduced hybrids to the client's portfolios mm-hmm. recently. I've, I mean- uh, and other organisations where I've come from, it was too large to have hybrids in the portfolio because you, you know they the com- market, they couldn't yeah. acquire them. <clears throat> yeah. if, there's just not enough out there to move the market. Um, but it's a nice little addition to the portfolios right now, where um, uh, as income's growing and you can add this in. And and I mean, yourself and the listeners might um, have enough experience to know that often in a client meeting, you're talking about one thing they can take away and remember. And so the addition of hybrids in the portfolio where we can explain what a hybrid is, how it works, and, oh, you're getting 7% um, income yield with that. Isn't that great? They're not going to remember anything else. And it mightn't be the least important part of the portfolio, but they walk away going, I understand how this works, and, oh, they're doing this for us. So I guess – and it's not not, um, witchcraft or anything like that, but it's more about that it goes back to the question you asked before: Is other clients getting a better better outcome? Mm. They want to feel like their portfolio is is personally managed for them. Mm. And in, in our point of view, that um, it has to be done with an IC, because if you're outsourcing it, um, you can probably get the same outcome from an investment return point of view. But do you get that same uh, feeling for the client if you if you're after a boutique approach? Are you achieving that if you're if it's outsourced? Is, so that's that's kind of how we landed where we did.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean you could take yeah, I guess there's there's two extremes you could take to that. You can take a very cynical one and say, oh well, if it's just all about the numbers and it's the same, then why bother? But as we know, you know, as practitioners, the reality is that, you know, we're not we're not that cold and calculated rational beings that we like to think that we are. Um, yeah. we're heavily influenced by the behavioural side. Yeah and like you say, if someone gets the sense that there's a connection to what the portfolio is, how it's built in their own situation, then that's that drives far more productive, behavioural or, or qualitative yeah. outcomes that are probably equally as hard to measure. But your sense is that that's paying paying off really well for, for yeah. your business.
2: Yeah, if not in the, um, the 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 qualitative side of the the client. Feeling of boutique um, approach, right? So yeah. um, the qualitative side, you can you can just get Vanguard balance fund, or I've said, yeah, yeah and that's a that's a good outcome, yeah. nice and cheap. Yeah, but if the clients feel connected with that, um, and like I'm, this is not to suggest that anyone who chooses that approach is wrong, but this is this was a fabric. Of how we build our business and so that's why it, it naturally fell to us so that's the way to go
1: yeah sure I mean client there are, there are a range of different clients out there who got these preferences so yep. you, you got to make sure it fits for your business I guess yep. um, so that look it sounds like things are, are up and running and humming and, uh, and and going reasonably well for the for the most part are, are there any sort of major errors that you feel that was made in the establishment of your or maybe not so much the establishment, but just through your journey of of being of chairing an IC. Is there anything? You go, oh crap! I would have gone back and yeah. done I mean, that differently if I could have. Yeah, or-
2: sadly, sadly there are many. But um, <laughs> I won't, that, I won't, that just means you're honest, let, Greg. I won't let you see behind the the uh, curtain of the Wizard of Oz too much. Yeah. But uh, one fundamental, and this, if this the the the, um, the the I guess the outcome of this podcast is for people to be able to work out. If they want to set up an IC and then how to do it, mm. um, the we spoke before about how rapidly we got it together because we knew the people we wanted to choose. That was also the weakness because in our um, in our haste to get something set up um, and all the goodwill, uh, I guess the good intentions of everyone who was joining the committee, um, we didn't think too hard about you know how how we're we gonna. How the how do the external parties going to get paid, or how they what do they get out of this contribution? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sort of had a handshake agreement to start with, and and in in one case, um, the individual had just taken up a role in a, in a large fund manager. Um, he was under probation, and so he kind of said, "I can't actually ask my bosses if I can do this yet because." You know, I need to get past probation. So you've got to be <laughs> yeah, realistic. Yeah, of course. So we will sit we actually had to sit there for I think it was about six months, eight months, um with not even knowing with this individual who was doing some of the core work for us was able to, you know, um reveal actually, himself as being a member of IC, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um so that was that was a tense time. It turned out okay because um ultimately uh he approached the business and they said yes you can do this have this external role um, but then what came with that is uh, we had an agreement as far as how's how everyone going to get particularly the external guys what's how are we going to keep uh, uh, keep them engaged other than it's good to work with some nice people yeah but also make it clear that it's arms length because again we had this independence piece we were working with um so and in some cases, we're still working through that because uh, one of the the so the guy who couldn't reveal himself straight away, we've we've arranged a, an equity stake for him, which it works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we're still coming to terms with the other guy. So goodwill's there. If I went back again and thought through this deliberately and and advised my former self, yeah, I would say be really clear about the engagement. Early on, and particularly the externals, so we we had the advantage of knowing the guys we're already friends with. Yeah, happy to jump on board with us. That that want to be that they, they're eager to be involved. You have got to temper that a little bit with okay, but you know things aren't always rosy. Sometimes they're going to get tense. So how, how are we going to yeah how are we going to set this up? And so,
1: but that's hard though too, right? Because you don't know, particularly when you're setting out. Yeah. You know, you, it's hard. I imagine that most people setting up their ICs, you know, they haven't. If they haven't done it before, they don't know precisely about what that engagement is going to look like, how much of it's going to be done in-house, who's going to be preparing that reporting, do we just want their ideas. Um, you know, that, that's hard to establish from the outset when you haven't done it before. So, you should probably cut yourself some slack. Yeah, you
2: know? I, I guess maybe it's a way, a different way of looking at it is, um, by all means, go with good intentions, but eventually you've got to have commercial discussions yeah. with everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, so, expectations are set properly um, and um, and if you just keep rolling on without it, then if there's a problem, it might be growing and you don't even know about it. Yeah, So So, sure. uh, we, we set up the charter early on, but the charter didn't talk about term in the investment committee and it didn't talk about- um, Remuneration. Yeah, remuneration anything. within the investment committee. Right. Um, and whether or not it needed to be um, uh, set and- it, Equitable between the uh, the external parties, mm-hmm. um, and, but you want it to be right. So um, that's a point you're going to eventually have to reach. After the the um, I guess the the happiness of joining the committee and everyone getting <laughs> going and the excitement of it, it all being new. Once you start to get into the routine of it, you go well. We need to have um, pretty clear indications of what expectations are for everyone. So yeah. we didn't do that so well at the beginning right. and we're sort of getting there now. You're eventually going to have to have that discussion.
1: Well, I'm imagining one of the guys, I can't remember which one you said, who's already got his full-time job pulling reports together at 11 p.m. at night getting ready for uh, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> reading for the IC. He's going to be wondering, hang on a minute, am I... What uh, am I doing
2: this for other than a nice warm feeling? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. And reality is you want to you want to be respectful for people's time as well. Yeah. And the last thing you want is a someone... He feels obligated to do something, the heart's not in it, but you want them to actually be yeah, engaged. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's the part. That engagement bit, we probably could have thought harder about it at the outset. I view that we got there in the end, but I think it's a byproduct of us rapidly getting it together and getting it rolling and that, that age-old analogy where we're then trying to fix a bicycle once it's already <laughs> rolling hmm. as opposed to getting the, everything set up um, from the outset. Uh, it, it's not an insurmountable problem, but I guess that's one of the things I would suggest for people to think about um before they go down that track. Yeah. It's probably a lesser problem if you're out there interviewing and, and deliberately choosing IC members. If you're on the as which is more likely you're probably gonna be somewhere like um what we were where we were choosing people who were already new mm-hmm. because you you're already that the known that credibility is already known, so you want to deal with people you know yeah just be conscious that you've got to deal with this at some point
1: yeah sure and just to just for the benefit of our listeners you know what uh could you give a sense of the range of you know what is commercial for in your experience for you you don't have to talk to your own remuneration agreements i still (laughs) still
2: don't 100% know but it's it's whatever (laughs) this is going to be a cop out but it's it, it needs to be enough to f- have the, the external parties parties feel valued in what they're doing yeah and that and if it's a small business like ours you're you're offering something more than money <laughs> you're offering people an opportunity to be involved in something um, so so how do you put a how do you put a, a figure on that so Just, I'm gonna yeah. be vague and say give me a really it,
1: wide range yeah, Greg, really wide
2: well it depends because in, in one case it was um, uh they're they're willing to help on the basis that um ultimately they will benefit from us using more of their fund right so that's one aspect the other one is it's it's no there's no money involved it's an equity stake and so that we we worked out roughly what you would pay someone for that for the work that they were doing so we went on a basis of how much would it cost to to set up all the models and all the rest of it, which is the first piece of work mm. and then the ongoing piece of work, how much does it cost to, at least in the first two years for the Review, uh, management monitor, and that yeah. staying up at 12 o'clock to put this stuff together. Yeah. And then we gave equivalent value in in equity. Yeah, okay. Can't can't trade it. Nothing. It's worth nothing really other than the hope it's going to be worth something in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, We're interested in aligned on that one because yeah, we, as, as business owners, we hope it's going to be worth something in the future too. Um, so de- the the remuneration depends on what the person wants, but I guess being vague, um, it's got to be enough to keep them interested. Is the, is the key part? So, um, so that I think it's going to depend on the individual.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to go and throw some ranges anyway because you've <laughs> dodged it too much. But I'm going to say from what you told me just then that it would be unwise to expect you're going to spend anything less than a few thousand bucks for an annual retainer at a very, very minimum to get someone with yeah, that sort of level of ex- yeah, expertise. Yeah, it's going to be more right. than that. Um, but it may not be more than, say, $30,000. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> then depending on who yeah, you get. Look, right? I'd like, say that would be the. it depends on the, the, the commitment. It really depends on the commitment you're asking for the externals.
1: Oh, yeah, and in um, this I'd example. Say, I'm
2: going to say for an individual um, – Fifty grand, in whatever terms it comes out as, is what you'd expect to pay the externals, yeah, um, for that quarterly that quarterly review commitment.
1: And that's that's monitoring, and that that's coming prepared yeah. with all that sort of stuff. That's that's an outsourcing of a whole bunch of the work that needs to get yeah. done. Yeah, that's not someone rocking up with their ideas and sort of scratching the chin for an hour. You know, no, that's, no, that, that's the actual sort of meat and bones yeah. of the investment they're, committee work. Yeah,
2: they're, they're definitely. Um, they're 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 committing their time outside the, the full committee meetings a, a year. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So fifty grand in however dollar terms it's going to be. I'd say that's probably the the entry point. Okay. Um. If you so that's that's in the end that's the argument for externalizing, right? Because you can get the same outcome, definitely for a, a much more reasonable outlay for the business. Um. And so. If you're wanting to set up an investment committee but you don't have the means within the business to do so straight away, then cost might be the deciding point of how how you go with it. Again, in our our point of view is we were driven by the choices um, based on our business philosophy. So that's the way we had to go regardless. So... um, and we did cons- we did look and and muse at the externalising investment committee, and um, looking enviously at the lower cost it would commit to the business, but d- decided that the the aspect of control was more in keeping with our business philosophy.
1: Very good. Um, to to sort of wrap things up a little bit, well, is there any advice or encouragement that you'd give? to uh, an advisory business of maybe similar size to you. They're thinking about leveraging an IC, setting it up, going down the path. You know, we, we've talked about some of your journey. Is there anything that you would stick out to you um, that you think, yeah, they should absolutely do this? Um, or is there any particular kinds of businesses where you think actually maybe maybe this might not be necessarily the right fit? Now, what, what would be your broad advice as much as you can give it?
2: Um yeah, it's, it's a difficult question. So <laughs> you can hear me pausing. <laughs> uh, I think the issue is don't reinvent the wheel. So mm-hmm. um, you, you think about uh, investment committee charters. You can spend hours trying to write those things, but um, thankfully uh, Hugh, one of the members, was wasn't another investment committee, and uh, thankfully he may or may not have a have a like a template version we could use. Yeah. So um, there's stuff you want to which you want to make yours and so is particularly yours but there's a other, other bunch of stuff you can just just template right so um as much as possible use the work of others to to make build those foundation blocks um i think you absolutely need an investment committee because one of the reasons again which has sort of died away because we're going down the mda line we were gonna we were moving towards an sma um for our clients mm-hmm. um and so we needed an investment committee and need, you needed to get all these things endorsed by the by the by the platforms. yep um, wh- whoever's going to run the SMA. So if you're going down that line and um, you're trying to work out what you actually need, a good place to start is go to your platform and say, hey, if we were to set up an SMA, what do you require from a governance point of view? And they all come out with a list of stuff. And that's what we we were using early on. So they wanted to see investment committee minutes. They wanted to see charter. They wanted to see a whole bunch of stuff because they were required to do their due diligence on the investment committee before they were allowed to set up an SMA. Right. And so that kind of gave us a shortcut checklist of what we actually needed to be, you know, a a fair (laughs) income investment committee um, as opposed to a bunch of people just sitting around every quarter and talking about stuff. So, yeah, I guess that goes back to the theme of use external guidelines and parties as much as you can to guide you to get all the foundation stuff set up.
1: And start with the platforms. Yeah.
2: Um, Again, get the right people together as we were lucky to do Um, and then don't be afraid to change it as you go. because if have you change from sma to mda but um but you, you you be adaptive as you go but don't i guess have you have strong ideas about how you want to do things but be always be open to change be flexible uh, yeah, yeah be flexible particularly i mean anyone in the small business will have to be flexible uh but that's i guess my my advice to someone who is thinking about going down that line
1: excellent greg any final thoughts
2: uh, no, I it, I think it's um, if I was to say a final thought, I think the the connection between the investment piece, however it comes, the advisor and the client is enhanced if you, you if you're intimately involved with the investment committee. Um, so mm. ultimately, the benefit for the the business is you you control the process. Um, benefit to the client is. Um, is that by controlling the process, the advisor feels more in control, <clears throat> so they're going to be more passionate about how yeah. they describe things to clients. Yeah, sure. And so, if your one of your pieces is to make the your offering is a boutique offering, then um, the, the more the advisor feels connected with and passionate about the investment piece, more that's going to flow through the clients, and the clients are going to like that. Yeah. Um, so that's where I guess that's what where I think about it the most but the, the thing which I'm going to go back to again which you quite rightly point out does it get a if, it, if you're just about the numbers does it give you a better outcome from a, a return point of view probably not mm. but you've got to value that other piece the connection to the to the process and and the advisor and client connection to the to the boutique um, portfolio and that's that's a benefit you get for it
1: excellent. Well, Greg, thank you so much for uh, coming and sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure all our listeners will be uh, much more informed. But starting with the platforms, that's great advice. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a really good spot to start um, rather than reinventing the wheel. Greg, thanks very much for joining us.
2: Uh, pleasure. Thank you for listening to my, my musings. <laughs> and I, and the, the other thing which I really want to reinforce is it depends on whatever you want, right? So um, – We're doing it our way. And then this is is what the advice business is about. There's plenty of ways to climb up the same hill for what you want to provide to clients. So this is what worked for us. So um, I'm not being prescriptive. This is how you've got to do it. Um, But hopefully our experience can help people think about how they want to do it for themselves.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
2: Thank you.